We love Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. Welcome back to Beyond the Diamond, the Ryan Stanick episode. World Series champion, all-star, friend of the program, recurring guest, free agent to be to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. If you want to send some credit card miles, you know, to us, we're open. Some points. Right. points. We'll yeah, some, we'll points some points. Uh, Ryan, happy to have you back, brother. How's uh, the offseason? How's father of two life? It's good. Offseason's good. Father life is good. My wife is actually right here feeding our son right now and my daughter is sitting on the coffee table watching something stupid on youtube because <laughs> kids like the the weirdest dumbest things for whatever reason it's the ipad the ipad kid life that generation is going to be insane boy it it is something else and some of the like the stuff that pulls up like just people opening like play-doh covered eggs with like knickknack toys and she loves it and i'm like this is the dumbest thing this is brain rot to the max and <laughs> like she'll just yell play-doh prizes at me for like 20 minutes and i'm like dude stop i don't I, like this is it's so hard to watch I'm like can you watch i don't know rapunzel or any other uh show like anything else so obviously ryan you have a you have jojo your daughter obviously jessica's right there what uh what's it like now having a son to add to that mix it's cool. He's uh, he's just getting to the point. Oh, thank you. This is Rowie's making his first ever. Oh, there yeah. we go. There Recurring he guest now, Rowan on Beyond the Diamond. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, he's just hanging out. He just ate. He's now he's a little milk drunk trying to figure out life. But uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good. He's he's starting to get a personality. He's getting past the potato stage where he's like like. I don't know, like you can you can see the things that he does that like or that you do and that mama does that makes him like smile and like makes him laugh and like the things that like I don't know make you human, like you start to see those at this point. Like he's two months old. He's like almost three. Almost three. Yeah. He's getting to the point where like you start to see like the human aspects come out and I think that's that's like the coolest stage for me. Is like you see him I remember when Joey went through it and she like it was just a potato like they didn't they don't do anything they don't like say, obviously say anything they don't crawl they don't do anything they just cry and eat and sleep and you move on and then after like you get to three months they start to like make noises and like respond and follow you with their eyes and stuff like that you see a lot of cool like transitions at this age so it's 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 a lot of fun Ron, i want to touch base on one thing that i think goes really kind of over the last few years of this, all this winning. Uh, this season was a little bit different. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams spending a lot of money to catch up to where the standard was for the Astros and, and just adversity and everything like that. You getting on the umpire's ass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In L.A. I, uh, yeah. No no bullshit. I honestly yeah. think it was a – you can circle that as a few times throughout the year of a turning point. Um, fucking awesome. Yeah, that was so sick. I'm no follow up. I just was like, that's awesome. Did, did you was, did you ever get did you ever get an explanation of like the balk call? Like, did anybody ever tell you anything about that? No, I got a fine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I got told I moved my leg, and I told them, well, that's how you have to move to get your foot off the rubber. So that was about it. That was about the clarification I got. It said I move, wow. I move, but I'm like, well, yeah, I have to, you have to move your leg to move your foot off the rubber. So that was, 
that was about the length of the explanation that I got, which is about what I expected. Um, especially because obviously in those situations, they know you're going to be pissed. So they're going to try to like get away from it as fast as possible. That's pretty much like their, what they're taught to do. They're just gaslighting. gaslighting yeah, for sure. I, I know they're trying to like de-escalate, but like their de-escalation a lot of times causes escalation because there's no like dialogue. Is is that the yeah. is that one of the the most fired up you've been in your professional career that you can remember? Uh, I mean, that's the first time I've been ejected. So yeah, probably. I, I, there's, there's been a couple times that I that I think that I probably could have been ejected, but like, I think there were those were situations where something had happened, and I mean, the umpires will give you a little leeway, like you like if they if they if they think that they might have like like could have made a mistake, they'll give you a little leeway to like vent a little bit. Obviously, if, if you don't cross the line, like they're gonna they'll let you like be a little pissed, but like. Yeah, that was by far the most pissed I'd been, I think, in a situation. Because, like, obviously the situation was big. We were in Dodger Stadium. Like, it was a tight game, late in the game. Like, get out of the situation with the next hitter with a punch out to end the inning, which would have kept it, 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 it kept the score where it was at. And then to have that call be made in a situation like that was, was yeah, that was tough to, like, deal with in the moment obviously i think like what des said with that turning point of that or a turning point in that season it seemed like you guys like when you know being a part of the astros and and for a couple of years now with this run i think my biggest question with with you joining us is did you guys feel pressure this season like like i guess from the outside looking in from like where we stood like watching you guys go on really good runs and then against lesser teams you guys kind of fell off and then you come right back up and elevate against really good teams. But yet it just seemed kind of inconsistent. Did you guys feel pressure this season? I mean, I don't think it was pressure. I think, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that's, that's something that we talked about a lot. Like obviously not like as an entire team, but like, like guys like that were in the clubhouse, like the, like situations where we, we, we'd play up to the level of the teams that we were playing. And sometimes like we would, I don't. I don't know if it, what it was. It may, may like. I don't think it was a lack of focus. I don't think it was that. I just. I don't know. I. I. I, I can't really put a finger on it, but like, we were good. Like we were. We were just freaky for whatever reason this year. Like I feel like the past two years we were so steady, like from start to finish. And this year it's like we got on really good runs and then we 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 kind of hit some lulls. And I'm not sure what what to attribute that to, which is obviously like not. I feel like not a great thing to like sit there and go, Oh yeah, we're not really sure. But like, it kind of was like we'd go out in stretches and play really, really good. And then for a week, it's like, sometimes we were the best and sometimes we were the worst. And we, there was no real like telling as to why those stretches happened. Well, I feel like that's a baseball thing though. Like on any level, whether it's select ball to little league to high school to child ball, college ball, even professional ball, like, there's just weird moments in baseball where you just are on this stretch yeah. of like, and I've been on both sides being on a team that plays down a competition and being the team that is worst competition and know that teams are playing down to you. You're like, Hey, I, we can, we can sneak one here. So I've been on both sides. So I just think it's like a weird baseball thing. Just baseball has all these weird 
intricacies of it all. But um, yeah, it was very interesting to see how this kind of also this the the scheduling for you guys. Like you play into late November, you, you have a shorter off season than the WBC into spring training for a lot of the guys as well. Like it just seemed like it was just like a, a one long prolonged year, not two different years. It felt yeah. like. It definitely, it definitely felt like that, and which is which is wild because, I mean, we we played into November in twenty one. We did it again last year. Like it, it, I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm not really sure. It just it's it, the last three years had felt so long, and like it, it's supposed to. Whenever you play deep into into the season, like it's supposed to feel long, but like it just like for whatever reason this year felt like. Like, maybe it caught up. Maybe maybe all those prolonged runs, like even the like the guys that have been around longer than I had, like had been around. Like those those runs have like maybe maybe they started to take a little bit of a toll. And it, I don't know something. The World Baseball Classic didn't help. Like like helping that feeling. Maybe I don't know because like I love the World Baseball Classic. I think it's oh, awesome. Yeah, we were there. Like, yeah, same. Like, yeah. Like so many people like tried to shit on it for whatever. It's like. Yeah, it's was it unfortunate that Tuve got hurt? Incredibly unfortunate. Like it sucked not having him for the first couple months. But like, I don't know, playing for your country and doing things like that. Like, it's hard to it's hard to like explain how much that means to people. And and everybody takes the regular season and like I think fans, like fans that get it, get it. And like the obviously the ones if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Like. If you have if you have fans that are like they're like well they get they get paid by their teams to like to play in the regular season it's like yes we do but like they they've obviously never played for something that was like bigger than themselves like going out there and playing for like your country is like I remember doing it in college and like I was super disappointed that I didn't get a chance to play for team usa like this year like that that would like that actually like was something that like kind of bothered me because like i really wanted to do it and um like because i remember how much it meant to me when i did it in college because i loved it it was it was so much fun and um i don't think people realize how much that kind of stuff means to people they just see they just see like the money and their team and they don't look at like things that matter bro you can't keep spinning out the binky things that matter to like <laughs> the guys you know what i mean they don't they don't I, so many people don't see us as people they just see us as yeah. like people that just go play and i think that's the part that like a lot of the people that have the issues with the world baseball classic they don't see that and they don't see the pride that so many guys take in in representing their country because it's different than representing a team like we love our jobs too. And we love playing for our team and playing for the guys in the clubhouse, but it's different whenever it's like your countrymen. It's, it's just different. It's like being, it's like baseball's not been in the Olympics. So that, that's the closest thing we have to the Olympics. So or like, and it is now obviously, but like it hasn't been in years past or the, the big league guys can't go play in it. So right. it's a lot of yeah. things that the guys, in the big leagues miss like because i would love to go play in the olympics like like hell i'm gonna try like if, if it stays in if it stays an olympic sport even i don't know when's when's in like 
When's the next? Olympics? When's the next Olympics is in what two years? Uh, uh it, it's yeah, oh, I was gonna say it's this summer. Yeah. But so it's like wouldn't be able to do it this one, but like maybe the next one. Like I don't know, I don't know. Like at that point, like if I'm still playing or whatever, I'm like hell. I would love to do that. Like so many guys would love to do that. Yeah, and it's crazy too because it it resonates big on the other sports, right? Basketball, I'm for just club country, say that. soccer, globally, yeah. club and country. So like to to get angry at baseball to play for club and country, like I don't yeah. understand that at all because. When we were down there, we went for uh, we were there for the uh, the pool game, uh, Nicaragua versus Dominican Republic, which was insane. It was an eleven o'clock yeah. game, and it was like carnival. It was a party, and then we went for USA versus Japan, and we got to see Trout and Otani that final epic matchup in person. I'm like, and, and this is with being a fan of of you guys for all these past years. I was like, this is up there with World Series games, yeah. like. Like I mean, at bats and moments, like this moment, watching Otani versus Trout for the Wilderness Cloud, I was like, this is up there with that in my eyes as a just a sports fan, dude. And as, as a player, as a player, like it's like these are my peers, but like it's like, like even guys that you play against that you don't like, you may not be the biggest fans of, like personally or whatever. You're still sitting there going like, it's like you gotta win, like you like you, those situations where it's like you're like, dude, no, like you're rooting for everybody. Cause they're your countrymen. Like it's, it's just different. Like whatever, if there's animosity between player A and player B, but they play together, they kick that to the curb and they play. It's different. 100%. It's so different. Yeah. You, and you don't like when it comes to the world cup, when it comes to uh, like, look at like what you just said with the NBA, look at those teams a couple of Olympics ago, they got their ass whooped uh, by, you know, the USA team that got their ass whooped with all those stars on that team. What happens? They go and they want to do the redeem team, right? So mm-hmm. everybody roots for them to get back to just dominating. And what do they do? They dominate and they go and they win a gold medal. Everybody was rooting for that. And then in the world cup, everybody's, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I'll tell you what, when the world cup cup comes around, I'm like screaming, buying jerseys, like rooting yeah. for America. Same thing when the world baseball classic came around. And you take a step back and you looked at that last matchup, Shohei Otani, arguably one of the most dynamic players we will ever see and could go down as one of the greatest players we've ever seen. And the same thing with Mike Trout. They're teammates. One's playing for USA, one's playing for Japan. And that's how the World Baseball Classic ends. Shohei striking out Mike Trout, arguably the best player against arguably the best player. From a standpoint of pure baseball, that's the greatest matchup you could have asked for. So why are people upset about that? Yeah, I completely agree. It's like it's it's the apex of what like that event is supposed to be about. Like and like the and if that's lost on somebody, they're never gonna get it. Yeah, and I think the right. problem is they're never gonna 100%. get it if that moment was lost on people. They're never gonna get it, and it's not gonna it's not even valid or worthwhile trying to explain it to them because they're never gonna get it. I want to I want to touch on one thing right now because this is a very unique spot for you becoming a free agent but also i want to f- rewind back to when you made the decision to come to houston right you make the decision obviously not knowing that world series world series and the worst the worst year of the stretch was game seven the alcs like uh, of those three years that's it's pretty damn solid so when we go back what was kind of decision making process like just kind of if you can't unpack that show the curtain back a little bit of just how and you can speak in generalities, not just your process, but how kind of athletes take this process, and then we can talk about how it is today. It's a lot. It's like I think I think so, so much of it is so personal. Like, like 
it, it and it's also different stages of of your career too. Like there there are times where people are trying to obviously a like take care of themselves financially, like and provide for their family. So that's that's like obviously something that definitely is is looked at a lot. But a lot of it is is it a good place for my family? Is it a good place to raise a family? Is it some place that's safe? Is it some place that obviously taxes are a big thing that people look at, especially like as as they go on. Like you see like Shohei deferring a ton of money to avoid getting taxed at a borderline crazy clip. Like he, I saw like yeah, of the seventy an alarming rate. He was going to lose over half, like, or, like slightly over half to taxes by playing in California. Like people look at that. Like you look at the the safety of the city. Is it clean? Is it nice? Is the cost of living going to be absurd? Like so many of these things becomes factors for people. And like obviously the organization, it, like it's like you talk you talk to other other guys. Like does the organization take care of you? Are they not? Are they are they, are they like? nice to be with like are they i mean i think that feel like that sounds kind of like cliche but like is it a good organization do they take care of the families do they do they try to help out are they let you kind of like sink or swim on your own type type organizations like what like what like what else can they do to like ease a transition for a new player and a new family into the community like do they have like good outreach programs if you like to do community service like a lot of these things come into play that people don't don't take into account like they're like oh why like well they got offered x dollars and it was 10 percent more than the other team why did he pick that team it's because i don't know one team travels better like that could matter like like the travel is less like you know what i mean like like some of it is like people like I know I know guys a hundred percent like think about it as like there there are cities that I know that people will basically say I will never go play there because the city. Some people don't want to be on the east coast. Some people don't want to be on the west coast. Some people only want to be on a coast. Like you know what I mean? Like they're they'll, they'll cross cities off for any any of a litany of reasons to like not go there like and some of it is obviously opportunity you know what i mean like it's not something where people will go like okay well i don't know if they don't want to if they don't want to go to i don't know i, I feel like i don't, I don't want to like isolate any city because right, right. It, it's not like something like that but like say North Dakota. It's like, they're like, I don't want to go play in North Dakota. It's not obviously not an issue, but like, they're like, well, I'm not going to go there. So they'll pick Wyoming. Yeah. South Dakota or whatever. Like they'll, they'll, it's like, or, but like if they only have North Dakota, they're going to North Dakota. They're going to go play there. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's a situation where it's like you, you, it's, it's, it's all opinion and it's all process and it's all like, how they fit in an organization on top of money and on top of geography and on top of travel on top of a bunch of things. And it's not, it's not any, any, any reason other than like a personal reason for the most part, like, cause 
I think you get to the point where in free agency now the money is so similar. Like teams, teams the way they identify and value people is weirdly similar. Okay. Um, so that the money becomes more or less the same. So then you're picking on like personal decisions, like and personal choices, and if they're good to the families, if you want to be somewhere warm, or if you don't care, or there's so, like I said, there's so many reasons that people can cross a team off the list or put a team on the list. Do you do you think you have some like? Because the the way I hear through it, it's almost like recruiting back in like in college. Yeah. Like when you're going through that that kind of like the dating phase of of like going to campus, checking out you know the facilities, a team. Obviously, this is a a, a much larger scale because of a uh, family and money and stuff. So it almost feels like you kind of and obviously when you went to Arkansas, you went through that process. But what happens to the guys that go through the system straight out of high school through through a system and then they become a free agent? Is it veterans? Is it on y'all as veterans to kind of Hey, this is what you're gonna kind of go through. This is what you kind of do because they never experienced something like that. They've all all they've known is the system that they've been in. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I I've been on I've been in three organizations, so it's like guys that have only been in one. I think part of it is they they guys need like younger guys need to know that like for one the grass isn't always greener in another organization, but sometimes it is. You know what I mean? It's like, you, it's like right. but like that's where like the older guys go. Hey, like, based on my experiences, or based on what I've seen, or how I've seen them treat people, or I have friends in this organization. This is this is what they've said. Like, like, and what like this is what they have have been known to expect. Like these things, um, like these things matter. So you have to be able to like relay that to people, um. So they know because if, if, if honestly, if Kyle Tucker didn't text me, like I've known Kyle since before I signed with Houston, Kyle was a big reason I came to Houston because right off the bat, like I called him and like, I called him right after they like uh, click called me and I was like, Hey man, like, what do you got? And he goes, well, dude, we're nasty. So <laughs> there's that. And he's like, we're going to be good for a while. Like they treat us well. Like Houston's tight, like basically kind of gave me the rundown of the entire organization. Like he, he gave me a rundown from travel to the spring training complex to like every, everything that you could think of, like training staff, everybody. And he gave me a full rundown. And Sam touched on like family life and wife life. Yeah. And, and his, his fiance, uh, fiance now <coughs> talked to my and was like, hey, this is how they treat the family. This is how they do this. And like, right, okay, cool. And we had those conversations with people around the league that had been in on other, on other teams that we had been talking to. And like, those things matter. And obviously, like performance of the team and like the history of like Houston helping dudes like like succeed like pitching wise was attractive as well. So it was like it was a lot of things that went into it, and. Like you try to make the most educated decision possible, like best for your family, best for your career. And then obviously financially, like that matters too. But like I said, like the money tends to be relatively similar. 
So with, with, with all that being said, everything that you just took us through, and I'm not asking specifics on teams for you, but how has this free agency period been for you so far? It's been interesting. It's, it's, it's definitely moving, but it's, it's been slow because everybody was waiting on Otani and everybody's been kind of waiting on Yamamoto too. And like relievers tend to be, I'm not going to say less important, but also like it, they, they're also like looked at a little bit later because the money's not as big. Mm. So they, they, they want to, I think most teams address their big holes and their big, their, their big money decisions first. And then they, then they like kind of prioritize their next in line. And I think so far, like we've had a lot of interest and it's a lot of situations where teams are prioritizing starting pitching first. So they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to try to like deal with some starting pitching and also kind of like make sure you're still good. So it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a different process. I think the first time I went through, it was a little, little different because the dollar figure was substantially smaller. Um, I mean, cause I, I think like I signed for, at that point, yeah, like one million bucks. So like yeah. it was like just slightly above minimum. So like it was no like at that point for no team in the league is that too much. So then you got to look at like teams that are going to compete, teams that are not trying to compete or like not trying to compete like this year. You know what I mean? Like so it, it's it's definitely different to see how um, teams view themselves and view what they're trying to do and and also view you in in certain roles joey stop pulling mom's hair girly <laughs> she's sitting there just like yanking on <laughs> not good um but yeah it's it's a lot of it a lot of it is is interesting to see how how teams operate in a different space because obviously the money's a little bit different so like it, it might push some teams out it might like I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I, I think I know we're pushing up on time, so uh, I just want to say one thing: like teams should probably focus on uh, maybe building out a bullpen because the twenty-two bullpen was arguably the greatest bullpen yeah. in Major League Baseball history that you're a part of. Like you'll forever be enshrined with that. Uh, that it felt the games were over. Like it, it doesn't matter if a starter went six or four or seven. As soon as the ball was handed off to one of you guys that year it was over like because it was automatic three outs you're gonna hand it over to the next guy it was automatic three outs three outs and the games are just short and yeah. I, I just want to kind of end on that like to be part of something that special did y'all know in the moment like hey like we got something seriously fucking good well i think i think it was a situation where we knew we were good like and like everybody was like just like the thought process was just give us the ball and once once that was done, and granted we had depth and like and people like starters were giving us length too, so like it nobody was ever beat up, so that helped a lot. But like I think like everybody in the bullpen was like, just give us the ball and we're gonna like we're gonna lock it down. So like I think that was like definitely part of it. That's, that's, so that's then, awesome. Yeah, and so on the on the flip side of that, let's look back real quick to this past season starters 
really didn't give you depth, especially earlier. I think at one at one point in time, like five of the relievers on y'all's staff had the most innings pitched at that point in the season throughout all of Major League Baseball. Like, so you go from a mindset, just give us the ball to, um, damn, we're. I, I don't, I'm not saying this is how you guys view it, but then for me, like looking from a fan standpoint, I'm like, damn, dude, we got to pitch Maton again. Damn, these guys are throwing again because you know Javier's only getting through three or four or Fromber or whoever it was. Two completely different years, two completely different mindsets. But like you, you say that, but also I'm pretty sure we had the uh, the most innings out of us out of a, a rotation in the league. Yeah, you did. So it's like yeah, it's fair. Such, it's like a weird, like I think I think it was more stretches where we had like, if it was like a, a, a tough stretch, it would be like a couple days in a turn yeah. became shorter that put more yeah. strain on it consistently throughout the year. I think it might've been like, a, my daughter just sees a dog now. So she's freaking out. Um, but I think situations where like one or two days in a row really tax the pin and then you had to like, and there was never like a time to play catch up. And I think that's mm-hmm. the that's the hard part is, it's not so much, it's not so much that like things happen like every day. It's that like if a bad day happens and it's followed by like another tough day, then like you could win. Let's say say you have two bad days in a row where a starter goes three, but then the next day the starter goes six. That's fine. You got to go seven, eight, nine. You still got to cover three innings. So like, and if you're winning you're going to run down those guys. But if let's say you, you like had to throw everybody the day before, then you got to go throw three guys again. And the next day you got to throw three guys again. Like there's no, there's no day. Like you need like a CG in there or an off day to like, to catch up. I think that's more the, more the case than, than cause like we did have length as, as, as a rotation for, for most of the year. Cause we had as much as anybody in the league. I think a lot of it was just like, if something happened, it was always like, like in a in a sequential day that that kind of amplified an issue as opposed to if it happens day one of the rotation and day three of the rotation, you get a couple days in between that you can kind of like breathe. That make, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the big thing I just want to say thank you, thank you for yeah. what you've done for us. Thank you for obviously we're gonna keep the the if we, hey look me and brian can take some meetings for you like we'll we'll, yeah, we'll reject the first offer like we know negotiating we always reject we the first offer <laughs> absolutely uh, so what well, we can definitely definitely take those meetings as well but just thank you man thank you for everything you've yeah. done for us hopefully we can keep this party going and world series champion all-star for the program those 100 miles yeah. an hour ryan stanick ryan yeah. stanick like i really do yeah and then yeah for, for me per- yeah, for me personally, Ryan. We love Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. For, yeah, for me as well, Ryan. Thank you, man, for for everything you've done, like Des said, for us. And then for me personally, when I see you on the field and, of course, you know, the interview I got to have with you uh, when you had just won the World Series, like I can't thank you enough from my personal standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, I hope that there's somehow some way that you can make it happen in free agency where the Astros bring you back because I know we'd love to have you on a personal level, but you know, you're a dog in that pen for, for anybody that gets you. So good luck this free agency. Hopefully we see you back in an Astros uniform. Um, and if not, I know you're going to go out and dominate. So uh, again, thank you, man. 
appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I like I loved it. I loved it there. And I like you guys were always always great to me. I appreciate that. You guys were great to the family. Um yeah, I mean, if if I'm back, great. If I'm not, don't be a stranger. Like always come on if you guys want. Just let me know. Hell yeah. Appreciate Let's you, brother. Man. Get the bag. Get the bag. Yeah, definitely go Try get to- that bag. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Ryan Stanek, Des. That's uh, always good stuff with him, uh, talking about free agency, talking about his time in Houston and things like that. I just – I hope somehow they they bring him back. Like, I, I would just love to see him in that bullpen. Um, I'm sure – and this is me personally, not what he said or anybody else. I would think with Joe Espada now as the manager, you would see more utilization of Ryan Stanek. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would. I think you would. Uh, I hope – I really hope they find a way to bring him back. If not, get the bag. Uh, always get the, get the ring, get the bag. And uh, that family has done so much for us. Like when yeah. we started this bad boy, like never thought we'd be in with, with players and families the way we've been able to be. And uh, that family has been just truly special to us and always helped us out. And um, yeah, we'll all be a fan wherever they go. Yeah, if absolutely. Here, no question. I'll be a fan wherever they go. Yeah, no question, man. They're just really, really good people. I think that's that's like one of the things we just talked about in the episode was like talking about the World Baseball Classic and how his view of it was, you know, it's for your country and things like that. People forget or, you know, look at professional athletes like they're not humans, like they're just these superhumans. But yet at the end, end of the day, they're they're people. And the Stanick family, uh, Ryan, his wife, Jessica, they're just really, really good people, man. And everything they've done for us, man, we can't thank them enough. And especially making some time for us today, really close to Christmas. They got a bunch of stuff going on in their life with their two kids and just awesome, man. Just good, really good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. And especially, you know, Des, uh, with it being close to, to Christmas, uh, I'm getting a little hungry. It's, it's, it's coming up on uh, about 11 o'clock central time. Uh, just in time to get over to our favorite wing joint. Houston's wing joint, Paul's wing joint, Big City Wings. That was a little hell of you. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's it's NFL playoff stretch. It is where is Otani going for a bit? College football, college football playoff. It's big City Wings. Houston's wing joint, Paul's wing joint. There's one near you. Just literally look it up on, on the line. Look up on the line. And on the line. On the line. On, on, and the there'll line. be a big city wings near you. Uh, also, Zing Zang. Zang responsibly. It is the holidays. Maybe your family's around. Maybe you're out and about. Get the Bloody Mary mix. A little, little morning kicker. Comes with the vodka already ready to serve. Pour over ice. Zang responsibly. And Celebrity Mint. Kenny Duncan Jr. Kenny Duncan Jr. Matthew Duncan and the team Celebrity Mint. They just dropped their... Tyson line with their Ric Flair line. I think I have the Tyson somewhere. Um, you can go to celebritymint.com and follow them at the Celebrity Mint to get all your holiday and birthday and sports memorabilia pieces at that website. So check it out. And got to meet Mike Tyson. That was pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, he's pretty nice. cool, dude. Yeah, thanks to all of our at, at- supporters. Yeah, thank you for thank you for our sponsors. Thank you. This is how the, we keep the lights on. Nice. I appreciate you guys very much. Hey, who we got next on Beyond the Diamond? Who we got? We got like Michael Jordan or Man, Dak I'm Prescott or Messi. I'm thinking. We, oh. I think we go. I think we go yeah. big. I think we go. Shoot, we send a message to Messi. Okay. 
you know? All right. Miami yeah. life, we can go down there. Yeah. You know? Be all right. What about, uh, what about like, maybe we go into like the film industry or something, you know? Never mind, we got a podcast for that. Two guys and three films or whatever it's called. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, can we get Shohei? Yeah, we can defer. We can defer. That's what we'll do. Yeah, we'll get him we'll, in 2043. Uh, we'll offer, Perfect. we'll offer him to come on the podcast, but we'll defer until 2038. Yeah. Okay. So, six, everyone that's still listening at this point of this podcast, we'll have yeah. Shohei Otani on by 2038. Okay, that's a so promise that's what, to you. 2038. I'm bad at math. That's what, 14 years from now? Yeah, you'll it's be 60. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a ricochet shot. <laughs> that's Thank so you bad. for that's, watching and listening to the Beyond a, Diamond that, podcast. That's how we're going to end it. Wow, dude. Know, Josh. You're, get, you're, getting for, you're getting coal for freaking Christmas, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Josh said, Merry Christmas. That's Brian and Dez. We have Ryan Stanek on. We will see you next time. Take us out of here. Peace. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Go Texas.